On this week's episode, we are unfortunately covering the twisted and evil case of Teresa Knorr, one of the worst mothers in history, then review the shockingly graphic movie, The Afflicted. So make sure you don't burn your macaroni and cheese and lard and meet us in the pod shed. We're in the middle of a four-day bender while some random dude we just met is watching our kids and talking about murder. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of what is the name of our podcast? True Hollywood G-H-C. Crime. H C. True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host Mariah. This is your other host. What's her name? Beelzebub. That was close. You're trying to get to the weird <laughs> B name for Satan. Bartleby. B Bailey. B. How's it going, B? It's hot as balls. It's not too bad. It's not too bad, but it's still hot as balls. Like I feel like it's it's doable. It's we're making it work. It's yeah. just because you went to the fair today and it was probably very hot. It was so hot. Yeah. So I've just I've been hot. I will continue to be hot. Smoking hot, baby. Oh. Uh, I love that we've been together for almost most of the day, I and know. I'm like, "How's it going, right. B? What's your day like?" We started our day together at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. to do your beautiful mermaid pony hair. My new pony hair, people. Looking good, feeling the good. The bitch is back. That's mm. right. Mm. And then I saw it'll fucking work. You got a whole day off to just caravan around and yep. try to find coffee booze. Mm-hmm. What was that? What were we looking for? If like I even remember the name. It's like. Bombardi or something. It's a new TikTok find. It's supposed to have half a cup's worth of coffee caffeine. Yep. 5.7% fucking alcohol. Mm. Zero carbs. Delicious. Zero sugar. And it's supposed to taste good. And it's supposed to taste like coffee. There's mm. a regular cold brew flavored and there's a vanilla flavor. And the woman on TikTok was drinking it with rum chata. So it was like coffee with creamer delicious unbelievable so i go to safeway because that's the place it was advertised locally and they looked at me like i was a fucking crazy person (laughs) like you with your freshly dyed mermaid hair looking for your alcohol coffee at like one o'clock in in the the afternoon afternoon. Mm -hmm. i need it i need my fix Amazing. Well, we're going to keep looking out for that drink. It's going to happen. You know I'm us. going to find it. When, as soon as we find a TikTok drink, we we try it out and mm-hmm. we let y'all know what to be looking right, for. Right. Give me an excuse to buy rum chata. Why not add it to the collection of shit I've got in my house for coffee creamer? <laughs> Amen, sister. So let's see. Where do we want to start? Do we want to have a very honest discord between myself, you, and our listeners? And if we don't like it, we'll edit out. I think it's appropriate to get that out of the fucking way. Let's do that. I'm really disappointed with last week's episode. Are you? Yeah. I'm disappointed with what I brought to the table. You, of course, did a great job. You always do a great job. I I just feel like I should have done better research. Really? Yeah. I just, I don't know. Something about it doesn't sit right with me. I'm very self-conscious about last week's episode. That's a bummer because I liked it. Okay. Well, maybe everybody else likes it too. Yeah. I, I was so close to pulling it from the internet. Stop. And just... That's dramatic. <laughs> that is so dramatic. No, Me, I dramatic? Never heard of her. I liked it. 
okay, fine. Maybe it was just me and my anxiety. Yeah, you need to get out of here. Because it's worse than our 420 episode. I just... um. I had to edit myself out of it a lot. So what okay. you heard was not what happened in the pod shed that night. Well, that's fair. I took out a lot of my low blood sugar rambling. Which, which I always I, enjoy, but yeah. I know, but I get really self-conscious about it. Of course. And so that I totally I get did. sensitive about it when I listen to it. Yeah. And then I just think it's terrible. And I want to pretend it never existed. And pull it off the internet. No. I thought so it was you kind of, don't think it was that bad? Not at all. Hey, leave a comment, guys. Let us know. Was it the worst episode of all time? Because that's how I feel. And speaking of comments, I did. I tried to figure out how to give us a rating. And I only know how to rate the app. I don't know how to rate us. Me neither. I don't know if it's just an iPhone thing. Yeah. Or an iTunes thing. So also leave that in the comments. <laughs> She's only been asking for it for about nine months Because I now. did. I definitely rated the app, but I couldn't figure out how to rate us. Okay. I also don't know. Yeah. It's like voting for yourself for president. I yeah. mean, you can do it. I personally don't know how. All right. Um, okay. So do you have anything you want to talk about before I give you some news? No. Great. So my dad, who, in case you guys are new here, has stage four pancreatic cancer, just went through 12 rounds of chemo, has been down in the Bay Area getting surgery B mm-hmm. to remove what's left mm-hmm. of his tumor. They got it all, baby. Unbelievable. Every la- Did you already know this? No, but we had talked about you driving and then the yeah. whole thing. So mm-hmm. nope, surgery happened. I've been waiting to tell you on air. Love it. He has no more cancer in his body. Could you imagine how he must feel? That I relief. know exactly how he feels, which I don't think he knows yet because he's in a lot of pain right now. Yeah. Because he just had surgery yesterday. Yeah. So I tried to talk to him because uh, it was like he had, he was out of surgery by like one o'clock yesterday. And then I tried calling him in the evening. Mm-hmm. No answer, which is always a red flag situation because yeah. my dad always answers my calls. Yeah. And then I called him this morning and he was very out of it. He was obviously on a lot of pain meds. He was hurting. He had a really bad night. So I let him go. And I tried telling him, I'm like, well, listen, I heard the good news. And he's like, what good news? And I'm like, this is all for a reason. Like this, this, you're going through this right now for like a reason. At the end of the day, this is a good thing. And he was just, he was totally out of it. Mm -hmm. So then I called him back um, at like seven o'clock tonight. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was much more with it, but he was still in some pain. Of course. And you have to remember, he's also going through like nicotine withdrawal because he's oh, a smoker. Oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's rough. Yeah. But it's getting better, and every day is going to be a little bit better. And at some point, he will catch on to the fact that this is a and good they, thing. Right, that they can't. But right now, gone. he's fucking miserable. Of course. I but know. the rest of us are stoked. Unbelievable. So we're very, very happy. This is Follow very good up, news. Like after the surgery, will he have to do any kind of like hormone therapy? No, they're saying or... no more chemo or anything. They got wow. it all out. Incredible. So that's very exciting news. What do you think the first thing he's going to want to eat will be? Um, he's been eating this whole time. Okay. Um, he didn't have to restrict his diet or anything before the surgery. I mean, I'm sure they probably did in the hospital because he was going in for a pre-op. Yeah. And then they wanted to run their own tests and then they decided to just, since you're here, let's just fucking do it. Right. Good. And that's what you were hoping for. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure then... I'm sure they did something leading yeah. up. I know I talked to him. And I wasn't sure what his appetite was like with the chemo and everything. So what's too. funny is, is the way his cancer worked, the tumor had wrapped around his pancreas and 
was pressing up against like his intestine or stomach or something. So he actually spent months not eating, which is how he got the cancer diagnosis. He actually probably gained weight on chemo. Okay. Because because they did this surgery in San Francisco where they like rearranged his intestines. They did something weird to accommodate to so he could actually digest food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that happened. And then obviously the chemo started shrinking the tumor. So. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It was one of those things where it's like he didn't feel good. He was still sick. But he, but was he did technically probably gained weight yeah. doing chemo. Okay. Uh-huh. Compared to what he went in went into it with. I just remember every time my dad got out of the hospital again, the cigarette right mm-hmm. needed his fix and a fucking cheeseburger he had to have a cheeseburger the greasiest i bet you cheeseburger cheeseburger is probably up there uh-huh. or like a steak yeah yeah that's always but i feel like after major surgery you have to like take it ease right that, so that's like his when you go home meal yeah when you're like uh-huh. finally ready to yes. eat yes yeah i feel like cheeseburger is always the win mm-hmm. cheeseburger after every surgery like my c-sections and stuff yeah. i almost always go for a cheeseburger yeah with french fries uh-huh. hungover cheeseburger comes in clutch yeah. drunk cheeseburger comes in clutch Always. hey you just had the stomach flu and you can finally eat for the first cheeseburger. time cheeseburger fucking cheeseburger mm-hmm. baby mm-hmm. always works mm-hmm. you're somewhere and you don't like the look of the menu and you don't know what's going on order the cheeseburger because how bad could it be how bad could it how be how bad can you fuck up a burger i mean i've had some bad ones and but they were still edible. edible yeah i mean come on <laughs> welcome to our cheeseburger podcast <laughs> y'all tell us leave a comment what's your favorite cheeseburger mm-hmm. hey if you guys have left any comments any five-star reviews thank you so much we appreciate it it helps us out if you have thank a chance you. we would appreciate it if you could do that for us um Okay, so good news about dad. Good news about little sister Gracie, who you guys have met on the podcast, our Thanksgiving episode, right, B? Si, señorita. Our Thanksgiving episode, y'all met my little sister Gracie, who um, just finished out her naval contract. She is a Navy veteran. She's a Navy vet who couldn't figure out the fucking ice chest, which I love more than anything. What's great is that sacrifice was not for nothing. She just got accepted. She wants to be an ultrasound tech. And she got accepted into her tech school, college. I don't know how they do it in Wisconsin. Um, She said the word college. But the point is the Navy's paying for it full ride. And they're paying for her living expenses while she goes to school. So she gets to officially quit her job and be a full-time student in the fall. In Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. So that's also good news. Very cool. Both things happened the same day. So that was a good day. Wow. Good day for the old fam. Way to win. Yeah. Anyways, that's all my news. Very cool. That's big news. Big news. Other than that, I haven't been doing anything, obviously, besides working and yeah. stressing. I'm getting a nice, I got a nice stress cold sore. Ooh, it's love been, those. It's been a long time. It's been since uh, Lila had her surgery that I got a nice stress cold sore. That's the most of the cold sores that I get are from stress. They're I know. induced yeah. When Lila was going through her surgery, I had like my, I was just covered. Of I had course. like three of them yeah. and I couldn't stop picking at them. I was a train wreck. You're like, I swear I'm not on drugs. <laughs> I know. I'm like, this is from, I swear God, this is not from a crack pipe. Yeah. Uh, but I got one yesterday. I had a nice little, uh, uh, what do you call that? A, a panic attack. Oh yeah. In Good the morning times. when I realized my dad was in surgery and I, didn't wake up early enough to talk to him because mm, they probably started prepping him at like five in the morning. Yep. So I had a nice little panic attack at 730 in the morning. And then I was fine. I pulled myself together and then found out that he did great. And then later that night, a cold sore had popped up. Yep. And I'm like, oh, Peek-a-boo. I know what that's from. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, other than that, just nursing the old cold sore. <laughs> and that's it. So are you ready to jump into it? Do you have any ideas what you want to do for our drinking game? Oh, God. So this is going to be another case of all the trigger warnings. All the trigger warnings, except for no real, like, sexual trigger warnings on my account. Yeah, I, don't, I can't say the same. Okay, so all the trigger warnings. Yeah. Um. So how about... Uh, I want to say like anytime one of us gets like really disgusted, but you can't really hear that because you normally just put the microphone down and look away from me. (laughs) (laughs) So like anytime I guess. Or sometimes we'll do like a stop. I was going to say anytime we say stop or no. Yeah. That's a good one. mm -hmm. Take a drink if we're visibly upset. Yeah. We haven't done. Or I should say audibly upset, not visibly upset. (laughs) (laughs) You can't see what we're doing. No. I wish you could. Most of these reactions are a visible reaction. I know. I'm, it drives my husband crazy. We talked about this before. If yeah. you guys ever hear B laugh, just know she's really trying hard for your benefit. It is. It's not for mine. She is a silent laugher. Mm-hmm. She's also a silent disgust person. She will just look horrified. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of ice SMR because it's, it's so, so hot. fucking hot. Ice SMR is always a good one. And then let's have our cheers. Yep. Always let's a cheers. So let's do a cheers real quick. Let's cheers to this not being the Mother's Day episode because it could have been. Cheers to your dad. Cheers to my daddy. Cheers to your sister. Yep. We got a lot to be thankful this for one's tonight. For, this one's for Brian. Tip it back. Also, um, a quick cheers to... I did have this on my notes. I just forgot. So things I learned last night, the podcast that I love, that I've been listening to a lot, oh, the no. funny one. Okay. No, nothing bad. Okay. When you learn things, I never no. know. <laughs> <laughs> you normally only learn bad things. Yeah. Um, nothing. Their latest episode is on. They talk about the 1904 Olympics men's marathon, mm-hmm. which to you sounds boring. I've never laughed hard at anything in my life. Laughed. Laughed. Okay. Harder. Okay. At anything. Okay. In my life. Okie dokie. I was trying to get ready for work. Couldn't even finish putting on my makeup. Because I had to you go, were laughing. I had to do my mascara about at work. the Olympics. But it's so funny. It's okay. it's something in particular about it. Mm-hmm. He, they're not just teaching you about the Olympics. There is something that happened with the men's marathon in 1904. Okie dokie. I was laughing so hard that the obviously my bedroom window and bathroom window were open. And I couldn't breathe. And then I would go like a... <gasps> and I'm like, someone Some- thinks I'm getting railed yeah. at 8 a.m. in here. And Love I'm like, it. it's just because I cannot fucking breathe <laughs> and laugh at the same time not only that was your husband home no it was after he left yeah even better yeah <laughs> even yeah. better They're like uh her husband's car is not even in the driveway <laughs> incredible like yeah but the landscaper's truck uh-huh. is there what's that about <laughs> oh did i break it no you didn't um our gmail account settings are out of date well calm down gmail <laughs> All right, y'all. So here we go. All the trigger warnings for everything. Everything. All the things. No animal abuse. Okay. Yeah. I so, hey, we let her off the hook. Um, Bee's been getting off a little too lucky here and there with fun things to watch. Yeah. So I decided to hit her hard with a terrible case. This is the case of Teresa Knorr. And what movie did you watch, B? I watched The Affliction. Afflicted. Or no, The Afflicted. Correct. Mm-hmm. The Afflicted. The Affliction is uh, a documentary about <laughs> MMA where? Isn't that an MMA company? I think Affliction? so, yeah. But I also think there's like 
a, a horror movie because I got confused. I'm, I'm sure there I mixed is. this with something else. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there is. So this is a horrific case, of course. I got everything from Wikipedia, and I read a really great article from Medium.com. There's a couple of podcast episodes I tried to listen to, and quite frankly, I don't like them very much. So maybe we'll do better. Maybe we'll do worse. Maybe we'll be the same. Only time will tell. Okay. So you ready? I mean, as ready as I'll ever be. October 20th, 1993. America's Most Wanted... um, gets a phone call on their tip line. It's a crying woman. She has just watched their segment that they ran on two unidentified bodies. These are two women, both in their early 20s. The first was found on the side of a rural road in Placer County in 1985. She had been burned alive with duct tape on her wrists and on her mouth and a long gash on her back as if from possibly a stab wound. Mm -hmm. She's found with very sparse belongings and diapers. Okay. The second body is found a year later. It's she's found hogtied in a box in Martis Creek Lake, which is near Truckee, California. She's been too decomposed to figure out the cause of her death, but she does have two chipped front teeth. Neither women match reports reports of like missing women mm-hmm. there's been no reports of missing women around the time the bodies were found okay. their cases go cold but this crying woman on the phone's name is terry nor and she knows exactly who these women are and exactly how they got there oh shit bring it terry terry's mom is a woman named Teresa nor she's born march 1946 in sacramento california Dang. we have another NorCal episode tonight mm-hmm. for us here. Me and B have spent lots of time in Sacramento and in Truckee and Placer County. All of the above. They, these are all in our backyard. So yay, NorCal. Awesome. Woo! Go us. She has, you know, an abusive dad by today's standards. Okay. I don't know if in the 40s and 50s he would be considered abusive. Gotcha. Just a discipli- dis- disciplinarian. Dis- uh-huh. She's very close to her mom, and in fact, her mom favors her over her older sister. Okay. She's the baby. She's the favorite. Until one day, her mom dies, I believe, of a heart failure, but her mom kind of just dies out of nowhere, and she dies in Teresa's arms. Oh, wow. Great. So this fucks her up. Yeah. 1962, Teresa is now 16 years old. She marries a man who's five years older than her named Clifford Sanders. Ew. A few months in, she's pregnant, a high school dropout, and eventually they have their first kid who is a boy. Teresa is kind of fucked up. She's very jealous. She's very insecure. She's very clingy. She always thinks he's having affairs on her. Okay. She always thinks he's cheating. So July 6, 1964, they get into a huge argument because Cliff had gone out with some friends the night before and she was upset about it. They have a big blow up fight. Cliff tries to walk away and like leave the house and Teresa pulls out a rifle and shoots him in the back, killing him. Okay. Teresa's defense is that she was abused. He was an abusive husband. It was self-defense, even though he was walking away from Mm -hmm. her. She's also pregnant with her second kid, so she gets some, you know, brownie points for that, some leniency for Mm -hmm. that. Cliff's family's like, no fucking way was he abusive. That's not who he is. That's not his character. The truth is, is we'll never know because 
He's dead. Who's who's around to ask? Yep. Teresa's older sister also goes to court and basically tells everybody how fucked up her older her, her little sister, sister is. is. Mm-hmm. That she is all these things, jealous and clingy and possessive, and that she would for Fully sure capable. For sure rather see him dead than and with another away. woman. Mm-hmm. But despite all that, Teresa is acquitted September 1964. March 1965, she has her second kid, who is Sheila. This is the oldest daughter. Second child. Second child. Yep. I have the names of the boys, but we're basically focusing on the girls for this. Yep. So Teresa starts heavy drinking a lot, boozing it up. I believe her father was an alcoholic as well. Okay. So she's, Runs you know, apples and trees. She's going, she's meeting new men. She has a pattern of she'll meet a new man. A few weeks in, she'll start leaving her kids with said new man to take care of while she goes on benders. And fucks other dudes. Wow. And she kind of just goes through these men. So I'm not going to go through every single one of them. But just know that from 1964 to 1976, she has four marriages. All have ended. The first one in the death of her husband. And the other three in divorce. Okay. The fourth and last husband is Robert Knorr. Mm -hmm. With him, she has four kids. So she already has her oldest son, and then she has Sheila. (coughs) Next up is Susan. Okay. Then she has two more boys, and then we have the youngest, Terry. The girl who called America's Most Wanted. Yeah. Damn. They, Robert's there for the kids. He seems like a good dad, whatever. But they do have a very volatile relationship. Mm -hmm. They're both abusive to each other. They beat the shit out of each other. They fight drunken arguments in front of the kids, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Ends in divorce. Teresa is now a air quote single mom. She's a single mom because she won't let Robert see the kids Obviously. no matter how much he asks. She's a single mom to five kids. The oldest has now, Taken thankfully off. for him, moved away yeah. somewhere else. They settle down into an apartment in Sacramento. She cuts the phone lines. She doesn't let the kids out of the apartment. She's still drinking like a fucking fish. She's overweight, which normally we don't care about, but it is part of this story. It is. She has gained weight. Yes. She feels very already low self-confidence, even lower. Correct. Very insecure about her weight, her looks, her age. And not only that, with weight, like when you're drinking that heavily, you're going to be bloated. You're going to be puffy. You know? Yeah. It felt like I lost... I air quote lost weight in my mid 20s, but it was just that I wasn't in my early 20s drinking that heavy Uh anymore. And I just lost the alcohol below. Now we're just puffy. (laughs) Exactly. Just an alcoholic, spiteful mess of a woman. The neighbors are already complaining about her apartment. It's disgusting and gross. It reeks of urine. They never see these fucking kids. They're never let outside. And when they do see them, they act like cagey, high strung terrified like animals mm-hmm. not meaning that they're acting like animals meaning like like how a scared, like a scared animal cornered would animal would act yes that's how they're acting very feral yep Teresa obviously is abusive she loves to accuse the kids of doing all kinds of shit whatever they never have done she doesn't let them out of the apartment how could yeah. they do anything but they have because according to her Right. So Mm -hmm. she accuses them, falsely accuses them of things, and then she likes to beat them until they confess. Punish them for it. Mm -hmm. Well, no, she wants confessions. It's not even, I mean, I'm sure she punishes them afterwards, Mm -hmm. but she starts the beating just to get them to confess. Yes. 
She likes to beat them with a two-inch wooden board, two-inch thick wooden board that's wrapped in electrical tape. She likes to force the other kids to hold down whoever's being punished or interrogated. Mm, they got to get involved. So that way she can beat them. And then sometimes she switches places and she forces the siblings to beat yep. each other. Mm-hmm. It's really fucked up. This turn, she obviously amps it up. Abuse always amps up. Burning them with cigarettes. Like grueling manual labor. Sleep deprivation. She likes to throw knives at them. Okay. Which feels... Like a crazy thing to do. This whole thing is crazy, but yeah. She locks them in closets and she locks them in freezers and it's just horrific all the way around. The people who get the brunt of it, who gets the worst treatment is her her two oldest daughters, Sheila and Susan. Teresa's jealous of the girls because they're young and Mm -hmm. pretty and skinny and everything she wishes she could be. Mm -hmm. She also thinks that Susan is a witch. She thinks her ex-husband turned her into a witch. And that Susan placed a curse on Teresa to make her gain weight. Sure. And that's why she's as heavy as she is. Mm -hmm. Wine sip. Mm -hmm. You know, when your daughter is casting spells upon you, we have to... To gain weight. Uh-huh. What she starts to do is force feed the girls to f- make yeah. them gain weight. Uh-huh. For instance, she'll make one of her specialties, a huge pot of mac and cheese with chunks of lard in it. Ew. And she will force feed them to eat it. Yep. And when they can't eat anymore and they eventually vomit, she, she forces them the to eat the vomit. Yep. Mm-hmm. She also forces them into being sex workers mm-hmm. to help pay for the family's financials. They, she also forces all of them to drop out of school. No kids here finish the eighth grade. Yeah. They all drop out before the eighth grade. So after a savage beating one day, she really went to town. Susan runs away. She gets picked up by the police walking the streets and dropped off in a mental hospital She tells the staff and police and the authorities and anyone who will listen about what her mom is doing and nobody believes her. They call Teresa and Teresa's like, yeah, she's got mental illness. Mm -hmm. She's got a lot of mental health issues. It's a real problem for us. Thanks for returning her. Right. And they, okay, release her back to her mom. Afterwards, Susan is now severe. I mean, she's already severely punished. She's extra severely punished. She's handcuffed to the dining room table where she is consistently beaten and force fed and of course her siblings are forced to also beat her part Mm -hmm. this goes on for two years oh fuck that noise until stop it right now one day they get into a bad argument susan and Teresa, and Teresa shoots susan in the stomach but susan doesn't die right so Teresa moves her to the bathtub where she handcuffs her i think they said to the soap dish Mm -hmm. um and nurses her back to health with the help of her two other daughters. Okay. And gives her whatever she gives her to nurse her back to health. Anyways, she's back. Slowly but surely, she makes a recovery. Okay. Wow. Bring it. And she's moved back to the dining room table mm-hmm. to be handcuffed there for a while. Mm. Susan, at this point, is over it. She begs her. Day in and day out, begs her mom to just let her fucking go. I won't tell anybody. I swear to God. Just please. I can't do this anymore. Okay. Teresa agrees, but only if Susan allows her to get the bullet out of her body because it's still in there. Yeah. So that way she doesn't have proof 
of what they've been yeah. doing here. Mm-hmm. And so Susan finally agrees. Teresa feeds her a cocktail of anti-psych meds yeah. and whiskey to knock her out and then digs the bullet out of her back using an exacto knife. Awesome. Great. Susan wakes up in a monumental amount of pain. Good thing. Teresa gives her antibiotics and ibuprofen. She has a fucking infection. Yeah. That that's not curing. Nope. It leads to a coma. And as she's collapsed in a coma on the ground, Teresa swears that she's just faking it. So she puts her in diapers so she doesn't, you know, soil herself on the carpet Mm -hmm. and tells her siblings to just step over her. Okay. This infection. This hmm. infection eventually leads to sepsis, which obviously leads to like the yellow skin, the jaundice. Teresa, mom of the year, believes that her daughter is possessed by a demon. That's why her skin's turning yellow. And the only way to get rid of demons, B, is to exercise them with fire. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She tapes her wrists together and tapes her mouth shut and has her brothers, her little Mm -hmm. brothers, load her into a trunk with what belongings she has and her diapers. They drop her off on the side of the road and they pour gasoline all over her and light her with matches while she's still alive and drive away. Wow. Yep. That's what... Fucking foul. Yeah, that's what this woman is forcing these little brothers to do to their big sister. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. While she's still alive. The only thing we can hope for is that she's still in the coma and Uh hopefully doesn't know what's happening. Oh, my God. I can't. So now Sheila is getting the brunt of of Teresa's Mm -hmm. aggression. Down to one. She's force fed so hard that the spoon ends up chipping her two front teeth. Okay. Teresa thinks... That, first of all, Sheila's pregnant. She also thinks that Sheila gave her a venereal disease because she believes that Sheila has one and that somehow Teresa got it from sitting on the same toilet seat as Sheila. Sheila obviously denies this because that's crazy and neither thing is true. Teresa tries to beat the shit out of her and Sheila still doesn't confess. Teresa then hogties Sheila and throws her into a hot closet that has almost no ventilation. Yeah. She does not allow Sheila to have any food or water. She does not allow her siblings to bring her food or water. She doesn't allow anybody to even open the door to the closet. Sheila finally confesses a false confession just to be done with this. And Teresa doesn't believe her. Mm -hmm. She says, no, you're lying. You have to stay there until you're done lying. Sheila dies three days later on June 21st, 1985, literally right before my birthday. Yeah. June 29th, 1985. Mm -hmm. Anyways, it's crazy to think that this was happening. I know. She dies three days later of dehydration and starvation, and she leaves her body in the closet for days on end after that until the smell becomes so unbearable that they have to do something with Sheila's body. Mm -hmm. Teresa's scared that Sheila's the smell from Sheila's body is going to like alert the neighbors to something being amiss. Yep. So she has the same two younger brothers load up Sheila's still hogtied body into a box and drop her off near the airport in Truckee. Okay. She's found just a few hours later, but at this point she's already so decomposed. Like we said, they can't identify her and they can't um, see what killed her. And she's just, Written off as a Jane Doe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, but nobody ever talked yeah. about the teeth. She, it's not like she went and saw a dentist or uh-huh. a doctor or I anything. Know. I know. Wow. Okay. And Teresa's obviously not reporting these girls missing. No. So uh-uh. The apartment still smells terrible. Am I handing this to you? What are yes. we doing? Yeah. Okay. So the apartment still smells terrible. Teresa has the great idea of like, we'll just burn it down. Right? Mm-hmm. September 29th, 1986. They move all their possessions out, and then she forces youngest child, Terry, to burn down the apartment. (gasps) Terry grabs three containers of lighter fluid, pours it all over the apartment, lights it on fire, gets out of there, but nothing happens because the neighbors catch it. Oh, my God. Be spill of the week. It's been months. So long. What a throwback. Did we ever put that on our our game rules? The spill? No. Oh, we should add it. Yep. That should drink, be a people drink. That should be a specialty item that if B spills, because it used to happen every episode. The real fans know <laughs> that every episode for a couple months B spilled. Problem. But now it's been a long time, so now it's like a specialty item mm-hmm. that if B drinks you or if B spills, you gotta take a big drink. Yep. I'm doing it with you. Do it. Do it. Delicious. So anyways, the neighbors catch on before anything really burns down. The closet stays intact. Oh. And the family scatters. Teresa goes off into hiding with her 19-year-old son, Robert. The oldest one's already moved out. I don't know where the little brother goes. Her other two daughters are dead. And Terry, who's 16 years old, uses her big sister Sheila's ID to basically present herself as an adult. Okay. November 1991, Robert fatally shoots a man and is sentenced to 16 years in prison. And Teresa moves to Salt Lake City. This whole time, Terry tries to tell people. She's been trying to tell people. And nobody fucking believes her. Which is so crazy. Yeah, but I guess she is kind of telling a bit of a... A crazy tale. It it's is. Ho- you don't want to believe it, right? No, you. It's you easier to believe that she's just wackadoodle. Elaborate, yeah. <laughs> Until she calls the tip line for America's Most Wanted, who direct her to the detectives in Placer County, who, with all the details that she's providing and the times and the places, it's adding up. Yep, they completely believe her, and this leads to the arrest of her other brother, who's still out and about. And whatever, I'll, I'll read it in a second, whatever he's sentenced to. And they also add time to her brother's that's already in prison. Yeah. Teresa is arrested on November 10th, 1993. Damn. And then on the 15th, so was that five days later, she's charged with two counts of murder, two counts of conspiracy to commit murder, and two special circumstance charges, multiple murder and murder by torture. Yeah. Teresa initially pleads not guilty, but then she makes a deal with the prosecution after learning that her dear baby son, the only one that stuck by her, agrees to testify against her in exchange for a reduced sentence. Yes. She pleads guilty on the condition that she be spared the death penalty. So on October 17th, 1995, Teresa Noor is sentenced to two consecutive life prison prisons, two consecutive life. life sentences 
She is currently incarcerated at California Institution for Women in Chino, California. She will be up for parole in 2027. Wow. Which is kind of right around the corner. Yeah. If she's still alive when that happens. Her other son, William, was sentenced to probation and ordered therapy. One, for the exchange of his of his testimony, and two, because I'm not sure if he was even an adult when all that was happening. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Robert, the other brother, got time added to his sentence that he was already serving. Okay. Later on, after running away, Terry married twice, eventually moved to Sandy, Utah, where she lived with her second husband. She works as a grocery store cashier in the same neighborhood where her mother also lived and worked before her arrest. Wow. Teresa and Terry apparently did not know that they lived in close proximity and had no contact. Terry Knorr died in 2011 at age 41 of heart failure. And that is the tragic, disgusting, awful case of Teresa Knorr, one of the most fucked up moms of all time. I wish I could say the most fucked up. But we know. But about then it. we also have uh, Gypsy Rose's mom. We have, I guess that's not. Was it Sylvia Likens' mom, or was it just like her? It was like it her was guardian. Next door, it was her aunt or something. No, it was like her guardian because yeah. her, her parents were like circus folk, and they paid like a neighbor to like take care of her. And the, in my movie, they it, died, and so she got left with. Like, the point is, yeah. there's plenty of real life fucked up moms out there, and this piece of shit is one of them. So, what do you think of that case, B? Awful. Yeah. And I was super fucking thrown off because Nick and I had just watched a zombie movie, um, the new Army of the Dead that came out on Netflix. I know. I haven't seen it yet, but I keep seeing advertisements for it. Was it good? No. I didn't. That's one of the reasons I didn't watch it because I'm just so ready to be disappointed by every zombie okay. movie nowadays. The zombies are great. The parts that are good are good. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of filler, a yeah. lot of fluff. Yeah. Um, I give Netflix a lot of credit because they had originally shot the whole thing with Chris D'Elia. And then <laughs> they redid the whole they thing. They did. They cut him out completely. They like CGI'd a person over him in shots that they couldn't redo. Amazing. They spent millions of dollars. They're I mean, like, you have and, to. and they're like, it was worth every penny. You have to. Yeah. So. Either that or just scrap the fucking movie. Right. So Nick had pointed that out to me. So. When I thought of the term, like, afflicted, what I associated that with was, like, an illness that spreads. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, she found me a zombie movie? Like, I already had zombie on the brain kind of a Mm -hmm. thing. And then I did remember there was a horror movie, I think, in 2013 called Afflicted, about two friends that travel to Europe, one gets sick, blah, 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 blah. So that's the whole mindset I have. Mm-hmm. going into this movie that's so funny right sorely disappointed <laughs> <laughs> sorry b but yeah the whole fucking thing screams episode 21 all the trigger warnings with gertrude Banzweski, right the fucking torturous bitch of sylvia likens and um the woman that plays the mother i'm gonna refer to her a lot as mama maggie is played by Leslie Easterbrook. Only person in the movie I recognized because she's Mother Firefly in Devil's Rejects. Okay. And she's in Rob Zombie's 2007 remake of Halloween. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's the replacement of... Correct. Because there's a different Mother Firefly in House of a Thousand Corpses. Correct. 
Mm-hmm. And I like them both, by the way. They're both great. Yeah, absolutely. And um, she was also in, like, a few others, uh, Sorority Party Massacre and Dismembered. So she's... Okay. Yeah. A scream queen. Very we love much. it. love it very much. Mm-hmm. So my movie, The Afflicted 2010, opens on our favorite type of thing, a Bible verse, Revelation 18.7, if I said that right. Are they going to make her another religious person? And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And it's the same fucking Bible verse they use for every goddamn movie and funeral. And But again, I'm trying to twist it into like, yes, it's a zombie thing. It's like a zombie <laughs> apocalypse. Like, I'm so hopeful at this point. That's so funny. I know. I like that you do zero research before you go oh, into I it. I go into it fucking blind. I like that. That's fun. I see the cover of the movie and I'm like, yeah. And this cover gives almost nothing away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very like... Yeah. You could get a zombie vibe. Yeah, you get any kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. The story's being told from the point of view of the youngest daughter, Gracie. And she's like writing in her journal. Mm-hmm. And it begins at Sister Carla's 16th birthday. We see a man dressed as a cowboy. He's not the father, but he is gifting Carla these like butterfly earrings. And the dad's sketched out. Like, who the fuck is this guy? And the mom is like, oh, it's, this is my new reverend friend. And she does make, like, a snide remark, though. Like, oh, thanks for the earrings to make my daughter look like a whore. Oh. <laughs> like, that's what every mom wants for her daughter's birthday is a slutty oh, Yeah, nothing earrings. says whore like butterfly, butterfly earrings. earrings. Mm-hmm. So that night, as everyone's sleeping, the dad tries to sneak out of the house. He has a small bag packed. Goes to look at each of his four children before heading out the door. But Mother Maggie's there waiting for him. Like, you don't intend to leave me with four mouths to feed. Mm. And he's like, look, we haven't had sex in months. You're bringing around these weird fucking cowboy reverend dudes. <laughs> like, he's like, I don't know what's going on with this religious shit. You are not the same person I married. Yeah. He's like, I'm out. And don't worry, I intend to come back for my children. Oh. And that's what sets her off. So this is our Robert. I guess. Okay. She, so he, they kind of live in like a trailer situation. Right. This movie, I'm going to say, is very loosely, loosely based. They're like out in a trailer type thing. And he's walking down the stairs and she knocks him down the stairs, knocks oh. him out, and then, like, beats him with a baseball bat. Okay. And drags him, ties him up with a rope, drags him by car to a, God. To a woodshed. Oh, my God. Like a workshed. Oh, my Lord. Where she dumps the body in um, an ice chest. And the whole time, God, don't let me down. Jesus, bless this man. Wow. He has sinned and I have wiped him clean. Okay. (laughs) She's very dramatic. Really? Oh, yeah. I didn't get that. Uh, Weird. Police never question him leaving her. (laughs) They're like, yeah, obviously. (laughs) 
Obviously. And is, does this take place in the right time period? To be fair, I have no fucking clue what time okay. period this is. I, I would say so. Small well, dads used to leave all the time back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know that it ever mentioned. And so... As time goes on, Mama Maggie is spending her days holed up in this house, drinking, chain smoking, and watching this local religious cowboy prophet motherfucker on TV, Mm -hmm. just drowning in all of his bullshit. She's taking the anger out on the kids, beating them with belts, pillows over the heads until they pass out. Jesus. One day in particular, the oldest, Carla can't buy liquor at the corner market from her mom anymore (laughs) at 16 god forbid yeah the guy is like i can't sell you liquor for your mom she's got to get the fuck out of the house right well that's clearly carla's fault yeah and so she didn't try hard enough uh uh-huh she accuses her her daughter of trying to force her out of the house she's like you'd like that you'd like to see the fucking people pity me wouldn't you you little cunt all right so beats her for her own good cleansing her of her sins and um all the children after their beatings are forced to like thank her Mm. thank her for everything she's done for them eventually the school calls mama maggie in for questioning because kathy i'd say like the second eldest sister Mm -hmm. is acting out at school she's pleading with the principal you need to believe me. My mom is doing this. But Mama Maggie brings this fucking cowboy <laughs> dude with her. Completely paints the picture perfect mom. Right? Like, absolutely not. The Maggie I know would never allow this. Right. It's clearly just a dramatic teenager. Obviously. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as Maggie gets back to the house, she goes to the work shed where she makes herself a paddle that she refers to as her board of education. Oh, my God. Side note, um, my mom and aunties all had wooden paddle boards also for their mm-hmm. children. And they had the word. For their whoopings. They had their word guidance. Okay. My mom never used it. She's yeah. too much of a soft touch. But my aunt used to use it on her kids all the time. But yeah, it was just had the board, word guidance on it. Yep. Board of education. And go figure. This is when she starts homeschooling the kids. Oh, lovely. Mm-hmm. So because Kathy snitched, she is now the main target of abuse. She well, is, you know what they say about snitches. Right. They do get stitches. stitches. Well, so she's the one that gets all the abuse for the weight gain. Mm. Okay. Right. The mom is getting puffy, getting fat, and it's all Kathy's fault. Mm-hmm. So she's the one that's targeted for that. Can I start beating my three-year-old because I have not lost my baby weight of yet course, from having totally, a three-year-old? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, it's her absolutely. fault. I'm going to beat the shit out of her. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. The eldest son, Bill, is forced to work odd jobs for the cowboy reverend guy to support the family. Maggie refuses to leave the house. So in some cases for Bill, it's a blessing because even though that was amazing, you just hit yourself in the fucking face. That was the best. I'm fanning myself with my notes, you guys, because it is is right. It's hot as balls in the pot. It's because there's no circulated air in here. And there's just nothing to do about it. And we're just full of hot air. Ah. I know. Should I open the door? 
Uh, bugs are gonna come in. No, it's Where's okay. our magic mesh? Lewis? I just told. I actually because I forgot. I just told Lou about it tonight. So he, him, and him and his friend can put it up. There we go. Um. So even though the drunk cowboy dude is creepy, and like a drunk, he's quite nice. Like he sees Bill as like a son he never had. Mm-hmm. He does like obviously he got the earrings for Carla. Like, yeah. He just thinks he's like taking place as the dad kind of a thing while okay. Maggie gives him some fucks and some blowjobs here and there. All right. Fair All right, enough. So like, even though he's creepy, he's not like the worst. Okay. Okay. So let's just get that across right now. Um. So the girls are kind of jealous of Bill, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. He gets to leave the house. He gets to hang out with this guy. Yep. Whereas um, Carla has to start selling her body mm-hmm. and so this is where shit got so fucking cringy and dirty carla obviously at sex at 16 has never had sex yeah and this huge giant disgusting pig of a man that Ugh. comes in and pins her down and rapes her Ugh. and the way that the movie like does the whole thing it's god awful yeah it's rough it's a real real fucking hard time but Mama Maggie just tells her, like, this is my way of preparing you for what God has planned for you. Uh, great. How do I unsign up for whatever God has planned mm-hmm. for me? Mm-hmm. And then if she does try to fight back, Maggie tells her, if you don't do this for your family, I'm going to beat you so badly that no one's ever going to want to touch you again. Good Lord. So you might as well just try to enjoy it. God, I just, I mean, I know that the whole mentality of abuse victims but I just wish one time they would just fight back and be like, fuck you and like right. knock her out, mm-hmm. run away. Mm-hmm. I know that that's not how it works. I'm just saying how satisfying it would be if somebody just, you know what? No. And beat the shit out of her. And just like you're saying, unfortunately, after this, instead of that, Carla becomes very withdrawn. Yeah. Spends poor thing. her time holed up in her room. While Kathy continues to take on most of the beatings for her mother's weight gain and the force feedings to fatten her up and the whole thing. the mo- I think it's really fucked up. So if Kathy tries to refuse the food, it's like she rubs it in her face like the food that Bill and Carla are working so hard. Right. Your siblings are working so hard. Like your sister just got raped to provide you with this food. And here you are not wanting to eat it. Like it's like a very exaggerated version of their starving children in the world. So the extreme of these mind games on these children. Mm-hmm. Right. The the pure manipulation. Mm-hmm. Right. So, of course, the fighting back. I, I totally get it. It's just so fucked up. So one night, Kathy can't take anymore. And she's just like, fuck it, mom kill me like i'm not gonna eat my vomit i'm done oh god right and so right there at the dinner table all the kids present mama maggie shoots kathy it's like kind of in like her shoulder like the chest shoulder area not Mm -hmm. the stomach and um they the mom forces the kids to drag her into the shower mm-hmm. to bleed out mm-hmm. they there's like the handle so that you don't slip right that's what they handcuff her to and uh the youngest gracie recalls being covered in her sister's blood while in the kitchen cleaning 
up her sister's blood. Lovely. Listening as her sister screams from the bathroom. Lovely. Because Maggie is pouring like pure alcohol over her wound (sighs) to treat it. Right. And then rinsing her with like freezing cold water. Jesus. The best. Yeah. Love it. It's a good time, right? And so you had briefly mentioned how her, the how the mom, what's her name, Teresa and yours? Yeah. Had a rough upbringing, yeah. but nothing too extreme. Not like what we hear about with like an Eileen Warnos or somebody like that. In this movie, we're more of an Eileen Warnos case. Right, real rough. She is trying to explain to her daughter as she's handcuffed in the shower she vividly like reenacts like her father raping her at a very young age. Oh, like you think this is suffering. You don't know suffering. I've been raped at the hands of my own father. Great. Love that. So that makes everything you're doing. Okay, then Mm -hmm. good times. Okay. So Kathy lays in the shower bleeding for, I don't know. In my viewing, I assumed days, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe weeks. And her siblings try to sneak her food, water. She's too weak. She's in and out of consciousness. When Mama Maggie goes in to check on her occasionally, basically just to see if she's dead yet. If she's not, it's like, oh, we'll just give you a good clean washing of alcohol. Why not just kill her then? Right. No, exactly. Like, what are you doing? And, um... After Maggie has like a change of heart because of her own abuse as a child, she's like, okay, fine. I'll let you go. And we go through the graphic scene of her drugging the child, laying her down in the kitchen. She does cut her open with an X-Acto knife, but then she digs in with her fingers. And they're so fucked. They're panned right in on this. Like her digging (laughs) underneath the flesh. So gross. Fishing out. (sighs) this fucking bullet and then just leaves her there so doesn't yeah, like sew her back up or just, anything as soon as she gets the bullet like okay you can go now <laughs> like you're free to go i i got my bullet like, I, I there was did. nothing in the contract about sewing you back up yeah so like i did my part clearly that shit's gonna get infected she's gonna bleed out bleed out and she's gonna fucking die yeah right so brother bill is forced to clean up the mess And the way that Gracie describes it, like having to listen to the sound of Bill dragging Kathy's body out of the house down the same stairs the dad got pushed down, right? But like her head hitting each stair as it goes down. Wow. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'll never fucking forget that sound. I mean, there's a lot that I would probably never forget if this was (laughs) happening to me and my big sister. Just the way that they fucking made this shit so vivid and like they didn't hold back. Not one bit. And again, she talks about how she's jealous that Bill got to leave that night. Right. Even though it's awful that he had to drag the sister's dead body out and dispose of her body. He still got out of the house. I mean, could you imagine being stuck in that house? Mm hmm. Day in and day out. Right. Oh, Lord. Even if you're not the one being, like, badly abused. Yes. It's a lot. It's so much. So after this, Carla, the 16-year-old, the oldest, the badass big sister. Hey, badass big sister. She's had enough. She's fucking done. Good. Hit she your mom go. with a baseball bat. Mm-mm. Jesus Christ. Mm-mm. 
very similar to our episode prior that we had talked about. They she waits for her mom to black out. Yeah, black out drunk. Mm-hmm. It's it's clearly part of the routine. Yeah, right. And she takes that opportunity to sneak out, but she makes the mistake like when she closes the door, it like makes the click sound. And her mom wakes up from that. She's Appar- not blacked out uh, then. Apparently, right? I know. Mm, so Carla gets blacked a, out plenty a of good times. head start. This is where shit takes a turn. And I was super surprised. Obviously, I think she's going to like a neighbor's or something looking for help. Mm-hmm. She runs to the woodshed. And oh. she looks in the ice chest. It's like she needed confirmation. Oh. She finds the dead body of her dad. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like she's relieved in that moment. Like, my dad didn't leave me Yeah, with this woman. But at the same time, that moment caused her her life. Oh, Because man. Maggie's right fucking there. Hmm. Yeah. So that's when she gets hogtied and thrown in the crawl space. Oh, a crawl space. It's like right in between the stairs and like the hall closet. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so now, again, I'm not sure how long she's in there. Um, Gracie describes the sound of listening to her sister like wheezing, coughing. Oh, my God crying for help and she's like obviously one day the cries stopped and they were replaced by the smell of death yeah and decay lovely mm-hmm. but now that Carla's gone and Kathy's gone Gracie's the only one left mm-hmm. to make the money yep Right. I have no idea how old Gracie is at this point. And it doesn't fucking matter because I'm already so <laughs> grossed the fuck out. Yep. I gave you a doozy this week, B. You're welcome. So I'm going to take a big old sip for that one. This movie is rough, you guys. That's pretty rough. Mm-hmm. And so... And by the way, I, I take back what I said earlier. I said, oh, all the trigger warnings for mine, except for like sexual abuse. But stuff, you, I totally you, forgot about them being mm-hmm. forced into being sex, sex workers, workers until I got to my notes. So As I apologize for saying that, you guys. Children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is obviously. But no animals. No animals. No animals, though. Woo! We can still stick by with the no animal thing. So once again, Bill is given the task of disposing of his sister's dead body. And Gracie is forced to sit. In Carla's old room, mm-hmm. waiting for this man to Great. come in and fucking take advantage of her. And while she's sitting there, we see her load a handgun. She has a gun. Let's go, queen. Right. But she wants to take her own life. Oh. She wants to be reunited with her sisters Aww. because they're no longer in pain. Yeah. Right. They're no longer suffering. They're together, but she can't do it. So we see Billy dump Carla's body in an open area, and he does. He sets it on fire before Mm -hmm. he drives it back home. As that's happening, we see the John show up. Mommy, Mama Maggie's like, I've got a surprise for you tonight. Oh, you fucking. Because he's expecting used up 16-year-old. Yeah. Piece of shit, horrible woman. (laughs) Not baby sister Gracie. 
He beats her up a little bit, of course, because she puts up a fucking fight. Yeah. And then pins her down, um, has to teach her her manners before raping her. Oh, and they show it. Yeah. Not like there's obviously no penetration, but well, still yeah, but this giant pig of a man enough. pinning down this small child so as she gross. cries and fights and he makes the sounds Ugh, and the movements. Literally and, the worst thing that you yeah. could watch. Awesome. Glad I didn't have to watch it. But as he leaves, he drops a small pocket knife, which Gracie then uses to cut herself. Not deep enough. Again, she's not quite ready to kill herself. Okay. But like she's cutting herself to like feel her own pain. Like she's just, she's dealing with the shit, right? Yeah. She's it's a lot it. to deal it's with. so much. A witness alerts local police to the burned body dumped by the man in the station wagon. Mm-hmm. And our creepy fucking drunk prophet cowboy dude. Has just been kicked out of a titty bar for being <laughs> too drunk and too fondly. And I'm like, hey, my soulmate, yeah. my spirit You're animal. Like, Actually, he's not that bad, mm-hmm. guys. You just got to get to know him. To be fair, this is really when I changed my opinion. <laughs> 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 like when he said the whole thing to Billy about like, I want to be your dad. Like I never got the chance, blah, blah, blah. But then this happened and I'm like, yeah, I can really relate. Motherfucker. Yeah, you know what? You don't seem that bad, actually. Right. Like, you're you're definitely a piece of shit, but we've had so much worse. And um, he pieces it together. Like, oh, fuck. Because the body, he stumbles across what's happening, like, literally goes across the lines and sees the body. And he's like, oh, oh, fuck. Like, the body's not all the way burned. He's like, I think I know what's going on. He races to their fucking house. Because the kids, to be fair, had tried to give him clues, but he's getting head. He's getting laid. Like he's getting work. He's getting done. that head. He's getting that bread. And yeah. then he leaves. Right. So he's like, he was blind to it for so long. And he's like, I'm not fucking blind to it anymore. But by the time he gets to the house, Gracie's realizing like, she's not going to be able to kill herself. So the only way to stop her mom is to kill her instead. Right, loads up or gets her little hand gun, mm-hmm. her little pistol, and shoots her mom. Bill comes home to find his mom dead in the kitchen that his sister has just shot. He leans down to check like her vitals. Gracie comes up behind him and stabs him in the chest. Okay. She kills her fucking brother. Okay. With the pocket knife that she found. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck's happening? She doesn't let up until she knows he's fucking dead. Yeah. Okay. And that's when our reverend cowboy prophet dude shows up to the house to see Gracie. So she's got, she's covered in blood. She's got the gun. She's got the knife, the dead bodies. And he very calmly like apologizes to her. Like, I should have seen it sooner. I am I can help you. Mm-hmm. I'll take the rap. Mm-hmm. He's like, who doesn't want to pin this on a fucking prophet cowboy? Oh, wow. Right. Family goes crazy. Right. Prophet cowboy kind of a thing. Innocent girl in the midst of all the bodies. He's like, I'm down. He's like, I'll do it. That It's too late. She shoots herself. <gasps> 
Oh no. She kills herself. But I thought she was reading the journal. She it's from her point of view, but Oh, okay. Yeah. And she kills herself. God damn. Mm-hmm. So And now the Reverend has to explain all these dead yeah, bodies yeah. to people or whatever he is, the yeah. cowboy. Uh-huh. They all lived happily ever after. Yay! Did they say what happens to him? No. That's literally when the movie ends. It's her killing herself, Amazing. all the dead bodies in the kitchen, and the Reverend Prophet Cowboy like Oh just looking around like uh, will they ever believe me? Yeah. Amazing. Incredible. How many knives? So even though, like I said, it's very loosely based. Yeah, but there's a lot of similar stuff in there, I think. That movie was fucking crazy. It was deep. I think it made the connections. I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. See, look at what this podcast brings you. You would have never watched that movie. Never. <laughs> and again, I would have thought it was a zombie movie yeah. all this time. We're so like, excited. Uh-huh. Or even like a conjuring type movie. Like the F- like I keep wanting to call it the affliction. Mm-hmm. Like this illness. But no. Fuck up. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Three knife review. And so let's talk about your look of the week. I am recycling. I'm recycling. A, a favorite. A favorite. It was an OG Halloween decoration. Yep. That I have now turned into my Bell Witch. Yep. From episode 16. My Exorcist outfit from episode 7. And now it's going to be drunk ass Mama Maggie piece of shit. Doesn't have time to put real clothes on. Mm-hmm. I have a small bottle of Southern Comfort. Oh, a little soak. I, I have a fake cigarette. Oh. And I have my board of education. Beautiful. So look forward to that, guys. <laughs> I also brought a wig because you just did my hair today. It's very, very vibrant. Yeah. I'm like, I might have to cover it in the wig and give me like some crazy old lady drunk hair but we'll see or maybe just or just like really shake up my hair or or, put it in a bun or whatever it's not that important yeah people aren't that critical of your look of the week b but i know you take it for very seriously well that was a bummer of an episode sorry guys Mm -hmm. that you had to hear about a real life piece of shit and a piece of shit in a movie I don't have a whole lot about Married at First Sight to talk about. I haven't I watched ha- it at all. I know, but I do have a few little things I want to touch base on. So let's do our outro. Hey, if you don't want to listen to us talk about Married at First Sight, you can find us on THC Podcast on Instagram. And anywhere you're listening, leave us a comment and a rating. Whatever you want to do, it'd be great. Thank you for listening. We love you. There you go, B. Oh, look who can't figure out the fucking ice chest now. I got my finger stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want the watermelon kiwi or the wild berry? Oh, I know it's a tough one. Man. Uh-huh. The problem is, is I know what I'm getting myself into with the wild berry. The watermelon kiwi sounds exciting, but what if I don't like it? I like it. Here, pour it, taste it. If you don't like it, I'm oh, clearly going to okay. drink it. Yeah, clearly. Ooh, it's so cold. I don't think I have to pour it. I might drink it out of the can. Ooh. Um, so... I went and got my hair did mm-hmm. at the salon today. I like I'll it. I'll drink it. Oh, I think it's good. Um, And I just want to mention, so on the last episode of Married at First Sight that I watched, Miles and Woody get their hair did. Oh! Have you seen that episode? No. Okay. 
they get so fucking decked out. Yeah. And they have to have like knockoff Versace like smocks or whatever. Yeah. One of those little yeah. whatever that we wear. I know. Mm-hmm. Drapes. There we go. Hold on, people. I got to pour. Pour it in, baby. Um, But they wear like... It's almost like Hugh Hefner style, like smoking jackets, like yeah. dinner dress yeah. jackets. Amazing. To go get their hair done. Incredible. Yeah. And it's just the two of them. And it's so cute. And they gossip and they even say like, when's the last time we had a good kiki? And I just love them so What's much. What's a kiki? That's um, like a, a good gossip session between oh, guys. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. uh-huh. I love it. A low key, like, let's talk about our ladies. Oh, I know. I love them. They're so funny. They're so cute together. I love them so much. But just how seriously they took getting their hair done and how cute the whole setup was. Thank God, because the episodes I was watching, Woody really needed his hair done. Oh, they look great. They both look so fucking fly. I bet they do. They're so handsome. Yeah, they look fucking fly. And the guy doing their hair, you could (sighs) tell, like, they had been coming for years, right? Mm -hmm. And so he saw them, like, before the mm-hmm. process and then during the process and now in the process yeah. and he's like kind of slightly like laughing to himself li- so listening to the, obviously because Woody's like in love uh, with his girl I know I was gonna say does um Amani and Karen get along I don't know we don't see a lot of them together that's a really because good- it feels important that they get along since their husbands are so such now good that bros. you point that out so in one of the episodes, three of the couples, there's five, mm-hmm. three of the couples go for like crawfish and beer, right? Kay. And it's the girl that neither of us care for, Christina, mm-hmm. and her dude, who's super quiet and reserved, and then Woody and Amani, mm-hmm. and then um, 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 Olivia and Brett. Okay. Okay. It's those three. They go for the crawfish and beer. And so, like, they're having a good time or whatever. And at the table, quiet and reserved even calls Christina, like, sexy. And everyone stops. Like, oh, shit. Like, did you just compliment your girl? Like, what? The one that you guys, like, hate each other? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Amani picks up on that real quick and steals him and, like, takes him off to the side of, like, tell me what's up. And he admits to her that he can't handle her impatience. Mm-hmm. Like the way that she's been treating the cast or the, the production or whatever. He's like, that's a deal breaker. In all fairness to him, I can't handle her impatience. Right. And I'm not even married to her. And he's like, to be fair, the past couple of days, it's been a lot better. Okay. He's like, I'll give this and that. But then, of course, Imani then takes that to Christina and she twists it and it becomes a whole thing. Oh, my God. And again, in his favor. So as soon as they get back to the apartment and she's like, so tell me what went down. He's a thousand percent honest. He lays it all down Uh on the table. This is what we talked about. I told her it was a deal breaker. I told her you've been doing better. Yeah. And that's that was that. Yeah. She's like, well, I don't like that. It has to come through other channels. Well, it doesn't have to. It's not his fault. She ran. That she fucking yeah steamrolls everything. Mm-hmm. No, I meant it's not his fault that Amani ran to tell oh, Christina. Right. She could have just 
kept that conversation between the two of them. So, but my whole point is while that's going down, Karen and Miles and Amelia and Bennett are on their own date. Yeah, but all this could have been set up by the producers being. But that's what. Why are the why are they keeping the best friend girls apart? I don't think it's that deep. I think they're keeping the. I think if the producers are putting together like, because they want to see some stuff happen, and I think that it would actually probably be too easy to put those two couples together all okay, the time. Because you're like, like, how do the girls get along? And I'm like, I don't know because I haven't seen those two I bet you they want to like mix it up a little bit. Okay. So they want to see like the different groups interact with each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Would yeah. be my, I, that would be my, uh, you know, whatever, my theory. Yeah. Well, then funny. So I'm a little bit further ahead of you and I won't spoil too much, but I will say that Bennett is a little tiffed at Amelia not at our girl only because she can't find anything wrong with him (laughs) it's so fucking cute and gross how amazing they are I know because in his past relationships there's always like he's always put someone else on a pedestal Mm -hmm. and they've always broken him down yeah picked away at him for little things and he's like so you mean to tell me when i hawk loogies and make this sound it doesn't bother you or when i do this or that or whatever and she's like i'm a doctor yeah people make sounds yeah she's like i'm not gonna judge you for sounds that you make or these things that you do she's like no i'm i'm pretty down for all of you and he's just like what the fuck (laughs) he doesn't know what to do about it right he's like i cannot with you right now oh my god amazing it is they're so fucking cute and i can't stand it amazing Mm -hmm. we love to see it i know i gotta get caught up i'm just in the middle of watching a very old season of survivor right now Do you want to talk about that on air? Because I found it very interesting. Survivor. I'm watching right now. The way that you described it to me at the salon today is riveting because it's so true and so relevant. I'm watching season eight, which is All Stars. The reason I went back in time. I've actually watched the season before. Do you remember what year that was? A thousand years ago. Yeah. Because you got to think they're on season 40. Mm -hmm. So this was season eight. I'm still new to Survivor. I've only watched it since I've been with my husband. I'm more of a big brother person. So in case you guys haven't paid attention the past handful of episodes, I was getting caught up on like the last 10 seasons, right? That's probably about when I wasn't watching it anymore. Right. 10 to 12 seasons. Right. But then I had nothing else. It's just so... It's so good. Easy to put on though. That's the thing. If I'm cleaning the house, if I just... And doing something where I need something and in these the background. Gems that you fucking find. Yeah. And drop bombs on. So I found I started watching season eight because that's all stars. And if you guys watch Survivor at all, ever, you know about Boston Rob. Boston Rob. And he married Amber. And he met he, he met Amber on, on All show. Stars. And so I was like, oh, that's super cute. Like Boston Rob was so fine back in the day. And like, I'll watch it. You know, I'll watch him fall in love with his uh, wife right? on season eight. Of it's course. super sweet. And uh, so what happens is, is Richard Hatch, who's the winner from season one, is on there with another woman that was on his season named Sue. And she's just like, you know, she's a lot. She's a lot to deal with in general in life. She's just one of those. If she was going around nowadays, she would be a Karen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And... It just is what it is. She's a big personality. And her and Rich had a lot of 
issues back in their season one days that were unresolved. So they end up on opposite tribes. They end up doing this challenge where you have to like run on these beams to like do whatever it is you're doing, get a flag or whatever. And if you end up accidentally timing it wrong, you end up having to do a battle with the other tribe's teammate. You're right. This is a team challenge. So how your performance goes reflects on your whole team. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you have to do a battle against a person. Whoever falls in the water first loses that little battle. You have to start over again. So Richard Hatch, who's naked all the time, sees that when he goes to run the course next, he's going to be running against Sue. His, like, enemy. So he drops trow, gets naked, runs the course, and ends up going against her for the little face-off. And he goes up and rubs his dick on her. Yep. Which is disgusting and horrific. If anybody does that, let alone somebody you fucking hate more than anything in this world. Like, I love my husband's dick inside of me. Okay. When he comes and, like, tries to be silly or whatever and, like, wants to. Yeah. yeah, It's uh, like, okay. No one wants to see that. Like, dicks really aren't cute. Like, unsolicited (laughs) dick pics, guys. Yeah. Spoiler alert. They're not fucking hot. Yeah. That's not what girls are going for. Most of the time, I think girls are probably looking at lesbian porn because no probably. one's looking at a fucking dick. Okay. okay, sorry. B is B <laughs> has a lot of opinions about this. About I love dick it. rubbing. For sure. But what I'm saying is, is he's really just doing this out of pure of course. spite. It's for the game. No, it's for like a power move. It's yeah. for like him to be a dick. It's for him to be. He's using his dick to, to be, be a dick. dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Towards this woman. Yeah. And she is very upset about it. As she should as be. She should I be. would be very upset if a We're dick got rubbed against. We're clearly heated about it. She's talking about it now. What's crazy is the people's responses to it. Mm-hmm. So the men respond kind of how you expect them to respond, especially in the early 2000s, where they think that. It's, oh, is it that big of a deal? It's not that big of a deal. Like, you know, oh, that's just rich being rich. Like, we all know how he is. But the women, it's, I guess it shouldn't be shocking, but we're so used to like culture today. Yeah. That they're very, because Sue gets very upset and she lashes out and she like makes a whole big speech in front of Jeff and her tribes and then she quits the show and she's like, Fuck this, I'm out. Which is a huge fucking deal. Yeah, and the women were like, I just think it's distasteful how dramatic she got. Mm-hmm. Like, she should really learn to control her feelings. Like, she needs to reevaluate yeah. the situation. It's so crazy. They, the way they discredit her feelings. Completely. And mm-hmm. they're like, they literally all have that viewpoint of, this ha- this type of stuff happens to everybody and so just you get need over to control yourself. your emotions and yeah. get over it. Right. And it's like, whoa, what? I know. And then and that's they- what I'm saying. You blew my mind. <laughs> I'm like, because like we're very influential at this age, 18, right? 18, 19. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, younger people are watching it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then people thought that maybe she was doing it to win the game, but then she... To get like a pity vote. Yeah. But then she quit the game. So right, you can't so say how, that. Yeah. So then the next thing was like, oh, she's doing it so she can no. sue Rich Mm-mm. for $10 million. Uh, Richard Hatch doesn't have $10 million. Hey, uh, the whole reason he was playing this season. Was to get eight, fucking money. Because he went bankrupt. He had to declare bankruptcy because, or no, he got, um, 
He got what is it when you lie to the IRS? It's tax fraud. Or, yeah, he yeah. got he got or tax evasion or whatever. Yeah, tax evasion. He got yeah. he got popped for that. Mm-hmm. So it's like he doesn't have the ten That's million dollars for her Stewart, to sue. P Diddy shit. <laughs> well, kinda. <laughs> Anywho, it was just a trip. It's a and to watch those old. It's a lot of stuff. There's like a lot of misogynistic viewpoints. Yep. There, there's just a lot right. of like. That's just crazy. The way that they make fun of people for being gay. The way and that I, they make fun of people for like. It's just weird. And I obviously want to be better. I always want to be better. And I feel like this podcast. Podcast. <laughs> the podcast. The podcast. Oh. The podcast makes me better for yeah. sure. I check myself before I say certain look things. we don't want to look like a fool out here right but because we grew up as you mentioned on the prior episodes with like the american pie type generation, oh yeah totally different but we're also now moms mm-hmm. living in this very woke also cancel court mm-hmm. culture mm-hmm. generation it's so confusing and so hard to navigate yeah. My mind is constantly just in a whirlwind of who not to piss off <laughs> and who I do want to piss off and just where my place is in the whole thing and the way that we're raising these little people that are ours. And so, again, I'm thankful for the podcast. Like I'm saying, it's making me more aware more present yeah but also you guys this shit's really fucking hard yeah you know we're older we have to learn to adjust we Mm -hmm. all learn to change with the times yeah you don't want to be that person who's like grandma still says the n-word because they said it 70 years ago and it's like well grandma needs to get with the fucking times exactly so definitely like we grew up because i tolerated that with my favorite aunt she was yeah. so fucking racist. A lot of our older But also are. there was no real, like, I'm like, what are you going to do about this racism? I'm like, so yeah, you're going to talk shit about this and that and what? I'm like, but what, are you actually going to go do anything hateful or spiteful towards those people? I'm like, you're just talking shit because you're old and crotchety and this is the way you were fucking raised. Well, and, and even more innocent than that is somebody like Lou's grandma who literally didn't have a hateful bone in her body. She really didn't hate anybody. They used terms in her day just that are ignorant. now yeah, just, very racist and yeah. she just never changed. Right. Now she should have changed mm-hmm. and learned that those terms are not okay anymore. But, There's no reason to not change your vernacular, yeah. but she never meant it in like a spiteful way. Those were just the words of her day. And yeah. it's like, grandma, you cannot say that shit. It's so hard anymore. So for us, it would be the F word and the R word. And, and not only that, like also or the G word, like saying that something's gay and like, Oh, that's so gay. I, so I always worked, I've always worked with younger people. Well, except for when I was that age, I started off as the younger person. And then as soon as I got older, the way the salon in um, our hometown worked, that I worked at forever. Younger girls come in, they have to do the assistant program. Yeah. You have to assist for a year at the salon and then you get a spot in the salon, you get a chair. So I always worked with younger girls and it's great. I suggest if you can work with younger people, do it. It keeps you younger. It keeps you cooler. Perspective. It keeps your perspective in check. It just kind of keeps you in the now. That being said, I remember walking into it happened twice. 
once I said that something was so gay, like, mm-hmm. oh, that's so gay. And, and then like, nope. it's like you could hear the record yep. scratch. And they stopped and looked at me like, what the fuck did just you just came say? out of your mouth. And I'm like, oh, shit. We can't say that anymore. No. And I stopped saying it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Here's a reality check. We And same thing with the R word, saying that something or somebody is retarded. You might have to cut this out. So I th- well, I'm going to cut a lot of this out, B. <laughs> Our existential uh, crisis that we're having right now. Well, so I think it was like when we were in high school, Hillary Duff had a big public announcement about like not using gay and uh-huh. this and that. And so it's like for the the time being, the adjustment period, we're like, all right, so we won't say like, oh, that's gay. We'll just be like, oh, that's so Hillary Duff. <laughs> that's pretty funny, though. <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> And then obviously, like, that's not convenient to just slip into the conversation or, like, easy to say. And it has no fucking meaning. So it's like, you're not going to say it. And that was, like, the whole thing is, like, it's so stupid just to, like, so take that word and just, it, it's not necessary. Just cut it out of the vocab, right? It's that's like, the thing is, you know what? It's just easy. You just got to change the times yeah, a little you bit. Just, it's not worth it. Mm. So now I'm at a place and what I teach my own kids is i mean kindness comes first so we just come come from a place of kindness and then you kind of don't necessarily say things like that like why would you violet got in trouble at school for using the word stupid and so here's where i'm gonna get real specific had she used it towards another person or even that's a no-no self yep that would have been an issue but in this instance, it sounds like all the kids were kind of using bad, not good words yeah. like dodo head, this and that. <laughs> dodo head. And it wasn't pointed at anyone or anything, but she's like, oh, stupid this, stupid that. And yeah. it's like, oh, no, we don't use the S word. And I know. Uh-huh. And I also... Zoe started saying stupid when she started going to daycare. Yep. Because we don't say stupid in my household. There's a lot of reasons we don't Mm -hmm. say stupid. But we have people in our lives who are autistic. We have people Mm -hmm. who are not neurotypical. And we would never want to associate that label with a person. Mm -hmm. Because people aren't stupid. They're just different. Right. There's People are different. They're not stupid. So we actually don't use the word stupid in our household, but she did pick it up at daycare. Yeah. And she's been like, this is stupid and that's stupid and da 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 And she'll turn it on us. Oh, you're stupid, mom. Nope. I'm like, nope, we don't say that. So, mm. But they're three and four. They're learning. Exactly. So you just have to give people some grace and some learning time. But yeah, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about? What are we doing? Where are we? Well, because you just, you dropped that on me with the survivor thing. (laughs) Richard Hatch today. And it's just, it's really lingered with me just because especially like how stubborn and ignorant and unwilling to change a lot of the older generation is. Oh yeah. And here we are, we're more than happy to like learn and educate ourselves and adapt. We're trying. But we're also broken. We're a yeah. broken fucking generation. Yeah. Because so, we saw a lot of b- bad Like the body influences. image thing Don't is, get me started. is a whole nother topic. Oh, yeah. Right, that I'm not going to spiral down. But that's what I'm saying. Like, 
we're broken. And so we're so stuck in between. And that's why we can only hope to do better I think forward. we will because I think we're teaching our kids better. That's the key is and, teaching the next generation to be better. And my whole point was how this podcast makes me better. Mm-hmm. I know that because now I have to pay attention to myself and it makes you way more aware. Yeah. Amen, sister. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. And that was it. I love it. So there you go. Great. Right. So try to edit me out as much as you want. <laughs> but it was all. Try for, to silence right? my voice. It was all for good. It was all in love because that's what we're here for, even though we're stupid and we say some real fucking ignorant shit. Well, that's the problem with our kids saying stupid is we call each other stupid a lot and we have to maybe start watching it. I know. I know. But we mean it in so much love, but they don't know that. With so much affection and trying to explain that to them, our language. Or try to explain that to their teachers. Be Uh, like, look, I know that it's bad, but the households (laughs) that they come from. stupid face. The households they come from, all they hear are the adults call each other stupid all day long. I don't wave at your husband ever. We always flip each other flip off. Flip each other off and then if call each other stupid. If it's not going up our nose or like, yeah, yeah sticking our tongue out. My stupid face. Stupid. I know. Because we have the maturity of this 11 year olds in the 90s. Like 1990s, 11 year olds right. are our maturity. What's that? <laughs> that was <laughs> That is what we're stuck in, guys. Hey, but if you're stuck in there with us. love you. Thanks for listening this long. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Take the wheel. Take the wheel, please. Please. Um, hey, if you want to see pictures from this week's episode, THC Podcast on Instagram. It'll be worth it. It should be, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I hope I'm not doing it for nothing. No, it'll be worth leave, it. Leave, uh, you know, a like, subscribe, Tell review. Tell us how to leave a like, <laughs> subscribe, fucking. Like, rate, review. Is that what it bell, is? Ring the bell. A five-star review, a, a bell ring. That'd be great. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And I'll try to find something a little less horrific for next week. That show was rough. I mean, we have a lot coming up. We have my birthday. Not that anybody cares. We have the birthday of the podcast, which we do care about. Yep. Fourth of which July is coming up. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to have died in a fireworks explosion. Yes. Right? So, you know, we got lots of stuff we're working lots on. Lots to look forward to. All right. Thanks so much for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Look. An hour 34 and it feels like it's been 10 a thousand hours. Million.